Oh, it's another podcast, guys. Whoa. Ah, a little bit different today, guys. Something fun and exciting, I hope. That's up to you to decide. I'm having fun. Good Lord. All fucking righty then. Welcome to the Jamry Podcast, everybody. How you all doing out there? Surviving this hot weather that's uh, bestowed our Perth region, I hope. This is a bit of an international podcast, this one. Um, we've got something special lined up. But first, how you all doing? Hope you've had a great week. All the pleasantries and all that sort of stuff. Guys, summer's fucking come back. It didn't really arrive here in Australia. Like, guys, here in Perth, it's fucked up weather-wise all the time. We went for over a year without a 40-degree day. Summer's over. It's hit March. And now we're getting hit with this hot weather. I'm sweating bullets out here by the bar. But I got a wicked episode for you. Something different to our usual shit. Um, I'm going to be interviewing... Uh, a tremendous little artist out of the UK uh, named Natalie Shea. And you guys will get to know her in the interview that's going to follow this little ramble here that I'm doing, guys. Um, I do know there's a bunch of new music out, uh, and we will talk about it very soon. Um, in fact, I'm probably going to record another episode this week for you guys. There's new Metallica that just dropped. Um, Slipknot. I should have mentioned it last episode, but they've got a new... Um, weird kind of track out there and there's plenty of other stuff so we will get to all that um our good friends at voyager um representing australia for the eurovision contest we're going to get into some stuff to do with that but this episode is just focused on one artist and one artist only her name is natalie shea and i got the chance to talk to her the, uh, the other day um it was early perth time even earlier in the morning, her time, she's a night owl, so it was like 1 a.m. for her. So, you know, cheers for coming on, Natalie. That was wicked of you. Um, and let me give you a bit of background, guys. I get hit up every now and then for people to come on this podcast. I check out their music and um, all that sort of stuff. Some things just fall through because of admin shit, me being lazy, other sorts of uh, issues. Um, but also sometimes it's just like, I don't know where it's going to fit in this podcast. And... This artist in particular didn't fit at all, right? We talk about prog rock. You guys, you guys know I'm a bit of a, a metalhead, rockhead. I love all kinds of music, um, but I'm particularly interested in the kinds of music that I don't delve into. And that's why Natalie just really popped off to me because I don't really get the pop stuff. I don't get being a solo artist. I don't get being into the folk world. So she's got these tracks that seem to be in two different camps, right? We have her solo work, which seems to be a bit more indie country sort of stuff. Again, far from my sort of wheelhouse. Um, and then her vocals have been taken and been used um, with a lot of like dance and electronica music. Again, not really my wheelhouse. So it was fascinating to talk to somebody that's in that world in a city that at least has a music industry, but we'll find out about that in the interview, guys. Um, so I don't want to take up too much of the time on this ramble here. So without further ado, 
Guys, here's an interview with the great Natalie Shea. She's uh, promoting her new single that's just come out called The Edge. Check it out on Spotify, guys. It's pretty cool. There's a couple of other tracks there that I reckon you should check out. Please do it. The Edge. You'll hear it at the end of this podcast. This is Natalie Shea, everybody. Hey. Hey, Natalie, how are you? I'm good. Sorry, I have uh, my lighting is terrible. Give me a second. Oh, it's always mine. It, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be doing any. I know, but I don't want it to be. I don't want to look terrible. Terrible. It's better now. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's nice and early here in the morning. Even earlier where you are. Hey, what are you drinking? Is a Dr Pepper Zero. I just finished the Dr Pepper myself. Oh wow! One of the odds. These are actually really, really hard to get here in Australia. So, um, yeah, it's oh, a really? cost go by. Yeah, but I figured wow. you were up late, so I started on the beers real early. Don't ask what time <laughs> of the morning it is. That's great. <laughs> Why are you awake at this hour? Oh, I'm always up. I'll probably be up until about like five or six, to be fair. Oh, you're a night owl. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, find... I can't do daytime. Huh? Do you find that's a way better sort of headspace to be in for your, your writing and all your music sort of crap? Or do you get that done uh, during the day when you can get away with making noise? I literally can't get anything done in the day. And it's not really so much the music actually making music. I don't feel like I probably am making as much as I should be at home. Um, <laughs> it's mainly just like the work, like the admin and the like. Like for this, I've got a big show on Friday, and I don't think I've ever had so much work, like work. I'm making like friendship bracelets, like oh, far out. <laughs> and, like it's be so the much stuff. Yeah, That's so I'm making yourself? friendship bracelets. I'm making like a playlist for the room. I'm having to like make all these documents of like all the tech specs and the line lists and like the floor plans and like diagrams and the merch prices and setting up like I'm doing all of this stuff at the moment. Oh, and you, mean, like, you mean the the fun aspect of the music industry, hey? <laughs> yeah, the fun bit. <laughs> so that's um, that's uh, March third. You're talking about at Omira, is that right? Yes, that's the one. Is this the first like sort of big show you've done? Um, no, I kind of do a headline every year to eight every eighteen months. Um, but this is the biggest one I've ever done. <laughs> well, congratulations um, on that. Thank you. It's it's kind of like the bottom of the list of like um, like how I would consider like a cool a cool venue. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. it's on like it's on the bottom of the like that's that's cool like you've done good there and it's that's quite special for me as it was like always like a little goal like it awesome. was awesome so it's only gonna yeah. go up from there hey i hope so yeah excellent. Well, <laughs> i'm not gonna take up too much of your time i'm just gonna let the folks listening to this uh god-awful podcast of mine uh who you are what you're doing how your music is and all that stuff because uh I get a lot of little requests for artists to come on and talk about stuff. And the reason I really wanted to talk to you is that your style is so different to what I would normally do. Like I'm more in a prog rocky kind of world and you're a solo artist. Yeah. Very, very different. The whole, yeah. the whole fucking thing is going to be different from the start. So how did you get into it? Where'd you start with okay. your music? So I started playing classical guitar when I was five. So mm -hmm. I've been playing classical guitar since I was five, but then I kind of stopped maybe when I was 18. Um, I believe I wouldn't be as good at guitar as I am had I not have done that. But I've also really let the skill go and I feel bad about it all the time. That's all <laughs> right. Then, it comes um, back. 
it's okay I know but like it was a lot of it was a whole thing like for ages and I shouldn't have let it go that's my own discipline that I've let myself down um but yeah at the same time when I started doing that I started doing musical theatre as well so I kind of feel like I've done the guitar and the singing always and then when I was like 11 I saw Taylor Swift at a big arena and it was like my first big arena show that I like went to with my friend on my own um and I was just like that's so cool I want to do that and I guess I just never got over that idea and I'm just still doing it so yeah <laughs> that's awesome but it's really the nitty-gritty that I want to ask when you start as a solo artist like if it's a band thing you know a bunch of dudes get together a bunch of girls get together whatever you chuck around some songs you try and get some gigs you support here and there where do you go as a solo artist? So when you're doing your recording, do you start yeah. there? Um, do you hire musicians to help out with, with drums and bass tracks or whatever? Or do you just do it all yourself? I think it's weird with me because like, I didn't start as an adult. I started at 13. So this is my 11th year sort of as a ha as like professional. Like I had a big party in the summer to celebrate 10 years and I invited all the people I'd ever worked with over the last 10 years. And it's so interesting because like what I was doing 10 years ago is nothing like I'm doing now at all. But it's kind of similar. I guess it's an evolution of. But like, yeah, so for most of the first four years, I was just playing like gigs like three, four times a week after school, like all the time. I was just always oh, yeah. gigging. I was always playing loads of things, loads of little shows, loads of bars. And like I did that up until maybe till I was like 18. I was doing that. Like and that was always just you with, your, um, you with your guitar and singing? Yeah. On like Fantastic. little music circuits in London and like like little circuits and working with promoters and like so now and then I'd have a cool thing come up and I'd like sign something cool but I was still doing that and I was entering like competitions and like gig competitions and winning those things so like what I was doing back then was that and I guess so you, I'm not really doing that now but I am. <laughs> so you just started the momentum super early and you just don't really know anything else that's awesome. Yeah, and I guess because I started young, it wasn't like I had any money or anything. So it was kind of yeah, you like I no feel like most people would progress. They'd be able to invest stuff and maybe a bit sooner, and they wouldn't be playing gigs for like four or five years. Yeah, but we like, also didn't I have was... um, many bills either when you were thirteen. I would hope, right? No, that's very true. It's, it's fine to be broke <laughs> at thirteen. All the money I spent was just at the school canteen. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I feel just, you. Yeah, I didn't. It, I, I, it kind of the dynamic changed when I was like eighteen, and that was when I first had like money. I had like stuff. So I had some money to spend, and I'd left school because oh, I had like awesome. I was doing. I was working. I had a bit more money. You earn more in the UK when you're over eighteen as well. Yeah. So, like, I had money to spend on the project. So it kind of all changed. Like the first single I did when I was eighteen, I like went to a producer and did it properly and had a PR campaign and then oh, so made a fully, fully invested in yourself. <laughs> That's the way to go. Yeah, I was you just like, yeah, that. I'm going to do it. I'm going yeah, to have to give it. Everyone else is buying Bitcoin. Just invest in a bloody album. Do that. <laughs> yeah, I just had to, I think. Yeah, so well, I've obviously checked out all your music on Spotify. Guys, go check it out yourself. Natalie Shea on Spotify. Um, you got your new single out called The Edge, right? Yes. And another one called Everything's Been Happening. That's kind yes. of a package deal, right? So yeah, when I listen to those songs and I listen to some of your old stuff that's um, just labelled as Natalie Shea music, it's very different from the collaborations you've done. Am I wrong in saying that? That it, Oh, I, no, no it's, it's totally different. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I suck at um, categorising things and genres and all that, but 
<laughs> I would say that your solo stuff is a bit more folksy, borderline. Country. Oh yeah, is that is that all right to say that? It's not going to offend you. Yeah, yeah, you. for sure. Like it's it's a very it's it's not really even part of how I would consider my project. <laughs> it's more just like a little thing that I've been lucky to do now and then. Like I don't even it's not even part of the project. It's just oh, okay. they everyone I've done has just done really well. Yeah. So those collabs <laughs> are why. completely different. They're they're more um sort of poppy, dancey sort of stuff what's the future for you is it more of that collab stuff or is it more of your own sort of honestly stuff? no it's not that that only came about because when I was 14 I wrote a song called I'd do my best for you and the vocal went round like my drummer's dad's friend's cousin who had a studio and like people started remixing this vocal for me when I was like 15 and then oh, literally yeah. like five years later I got an email saying oh your your vocal for this song stay like it's going to come out with this big artist grum and like he's been working on it and it's coming out and I and I kind of knew like how it had got there because I knew people that worked in places but I was like what stay and basically it was just the chops of my song I do my best for you that I wrote when I was 15 like this weird vocal from like five years ago that I've forgotten about. So I was like, yeah, okay. Um, and then, so I signed that over to them. And then at the same time, Grum had an album coming out and he had a track on there that had a vocal on it, but for some reason he couldn't release that version anymore. So he had this track without a vocal and he was like, oh, do you think you could write something on it quick? Like I need it really fast, write something on it, record it. So I just recorded it at home and like sent it over. And then the album came out with this song Stay and this song Afterglow. And like Afterglow, it's like the remix like loads of times. And like, it's just become a thing. So all the ones I've done since have just been like someone sending me an email saying, oh, I heard Afterglow or Stay. like. I also do this, like, do you want to write something? I've just written a few, like, here and there, and I've just recorded them at home and sent them, but they've always, they've just always done well. I just guess it just works. And, <laughs> and do you notice, like, the uh, the fans of those artists will all of a sudden become Natalie Shea fans, and you'll notice that your solo stuff gets bumps in numbers because of these productions, obviously? I'd imagine yeah, they'll feed like back into of, each other. It's a weird one, because it's like, I don't want that to necessarily be the thing that's, like, my most known thing, but it's yeah. like... Yes, it definitely has impacted it. My whole sort of presence as an artist in the stratosphere yeah. of artists, like it definitely has like a lot of those people do follow me and they always like they only seem to reply to the stuff to do with that stuff. But it's like they're still a fan, they're still a follower. So it doesn't really matter where they come from. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, de it's definitely been amazing and like. I go to the events sometimes that these DJs are playing at and obviously they're playing the songs that we've done together and I just go with my friends because it's like funny and there's always like someone in the audience or like a few people that will be like oh Natalie Shea like they'll know who I am <laughs> even though they've only heard it on this song so it's, oh, it's nice awesome. like it's obviously been a thing so good. <laughs> so you're, you're in London London's obviously got a serious music scene some of the greatest acts of all time have come out of there what do you reckon the climate is right now? Is is London going sort of dance trancey? Is it going, you know, country and western? What's happening over I there? What's, this, what's the scene like? My opinion's like, it's going to come back to the thing that I don't want to start on because I'll never stop of how I think that like TikTok is kind of messing everything up a little bit. Yep. And I won't go into it because I can't be bothered right now. Um, oh, and I that was the next stop. five questions was about oh, no. social media and what <laughs> you mean... think. It's not, nah, we'll ignore all that. I'll scrap all my notes. <laughs> oh, no, I just have like a lot of opinions, like good and bad on it. And I think like it's I I don't know. I worry a bit about what it's doing. Um, and I think it's kind of taken a lot out of I think COVID sort of escalated everything really fast because the gig scene in London never recovered that's kind of why I stopped is because it just never mm. came back and none yeah. of the people I know on that scene are doing it now everyone does we all do it online 
yeah. like it's it's gone so there's no actual London gig scene as I know like I think I would know at least someone on it and I don't know anyone on it anymore oh, right. um, so that's not recovered there's like a few people putting on events but it's not really a thing anymore like it used to be and people book gigs like much later now so everything's very sort of it's what's the word um it's like algorithmic culture like everything's just a, a like a fad and you have to do something quick yeah. and you have it's, to it's all like blink and you'll miss it sort of trends yeah absolutely everything yeah everything, i mean i've never show, i've never looked at tiktok myself and I, I don't know i don't i don't get that stuff i'm an old man i don't really care about that stuff but i do see its importance and that's why i like to ask you know artists like yourself is like do you feel pressure to do all this crap online and to do stuff that's yes. other than music you know it's not just music think... it's got to be an instagram post it's got to be a, a silly uh, conversation with a podcast <laughs> you've never heard of it's got to be all that stuff right yeah, I think where, what you said there that you don't use TikTok, but you see its importance is like, I agree. Most of the population, it does, it's not important, but labels don't sign for older generations. They sign for the younger mm. generation. Yeah. So nothing's going to come through because it's those people will not come through. Those artists that like gigged and stuff will not come through unless they do this thing that everyone's doing that some people have never even played outside of their house before so like you, you still think there's um a kind of a like a gatekeeping record oh, yeah. label industry out there that is still gonna sort of decide who's coming through because i see a lot of people doing it themselves these days right i mean it's happening yeah, in the comedy world definitely... where you just release things on on you know just chuck it up yourself on youtube or on spotify and if it if it's good it's good it will take off and then but still i don't know if it doesn't I think go TikTok viral, it's, it's a, a bit chance. of both it's a mm. bit of both because it's like the labels at the moment are what influence these Spotify playlists. And it's so difficult for all of my friends who are successful independent artists, like to break into that world because we're not on these big labels. So we're like, okay, that's why we need a big label. How do we get a big label? Have a massive TikTok following. Like it, that's the oh, only okay. way it's, and I hope that it's not forever, but at the moment that is kind of just what it is. I think, I don't know. I think it's quite scary. I don't know. But yeah. I find it, it's kind of like, I never thought this would be something I would face on this journey. I never thought this is something that was going to get in the way of what I was doing. Yeah, because especially with the, um, like, that's why I was trying to ask about the styles of music that are popping off there in London and stuff. Because as far as, like, I keep sort of tabs of what's coming out of London. I do like a lot of bands that are coming out of there. One of my favorites I talk about pretty much every episode is Sleep Token that has come out of um, London. You might not have heard of them. But they, cool. they, they did all right for a little while. And then uh, Demi Lovato tweeted out one of their songs and then they popped off so it wasn't really a record label thing but it was still right. social media sort of i don't know anyway yeah I... I think it's 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 always good to like i really enjoy instagram i really enjoy instagram i don't i'm not against social media at all i think it's actually the most amazing thing like i'm obsessed with instagram i don't get off it i think tiktok's a slightly different sort of thing because it's not so much about choice it's about like what you're being fed and an algorithm and luck yeah it's being fed so is the right about. way to right way to say it because yeah and i think well, that's what the, that's what almost. i question but i wouldn't question like labels signing artists on instagram with huge followings or someone who's gone viral on instagram i'd be like yeah fair enough like you're catching on something that's making money but i think it's slightly different with tiktok because it's you don't really need to have built anything up you don't need to build anything. You can just have one video that just gets really lucky yeah. and then suddenly you're famous. Like, you don't have to have built up a following or have done something that got retweeted by Demi Lovato. You don't have to have done anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, it's so, so strange. Does, does this sort of climate 
like influence the way you write? Does it come right down to that? Because this is obviously the marketing part uh, above the art, right? So you've got your art and then you've got to try and find, uh, you know, avenues to find an audience or something like that, right? But does yeah. it actually shape the way you write? Are you, like, um, is, your, is your lyrical content going to change? Because you know what, if you, if you mention this kind of trendy topic, it might pop off or something. Um, I think I didn't want to accept that TikTok was in the way until about six months ago. And I was kind of like, no, I don't, I can carry on doing what I'm doing. It's going to work. Um, and then I accepted six months ago. I was like, no, like I can't stop at this ball from rolling. I just have to jump on it. So I started taking it seriously. And then I wrote the edge and this has been my first release since. So it's the only thing I can really actually talk about because it's the only thing I've done since I changed that mindset. Um, but yes, it was so in mind when I wrote that song was more like thinking what's a sort of catchy TikTok chorus? Like what is going to be, what are people singing about? Like angst, like it, everything's fast. Like mm -hmm. it's got to have be a chorus where every line I can write on the screen. And yeah. I guess, yeah, it influenced it a lot. I mean, that's the good thing about the music industry is that, that you've got time for both. You can easily just smash out something that's got to be a, a, a pop hit, you know, especially if you've been doing it for a while, maybe you kind of know the formula a little bit better and you can, you know, just that's a, that's a cash grab song, but here's the actual songs I really care about. You do have time for both. But yeah, uh, yeah. but there is this whole image. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think with like a single at the moment, if you're going to be doing like, because I wanted to do like TikTok campaign on it and I like, you have to now. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do a TikTok campaign. And I made loads of ideas, like really cool stuff I was going to do, like different sort of creative things, see what does well on TikTok. I don't know, but like they all had to use this, this snippet of sound so it changed how I did all that but obviously for like the b-side or any of my other ones that I just write because I want to yeah. they're just I write them because I want to I'm not trying to do a big campaign on them yeah and you know sometimes you just can't fake it you know if, if yeah if, if, you're, if you're too contrived with your approach then you know the authenticity or the yeah. lack thereof does definitely come through the uh the sound waves I feel that's just me but I listen I to a lot of weird stuff out there so Anyway, yeah, yeah, it is what it no, is. Now, I, I agree. Like I said, I don't want to take up too much of your time. It's been great talking to you, but I do have this one question that I like to ask people, and I think it's a bit of a weird one, especially artists that are into completely different music to myself, right? So <laughs> you've obviously been asked the questions about your musical inspirations. You mentioned Taylor Swift, stuff like that, right? Yeah. But here's a little bit of a different take on that question. Could you give us a couple of songs? Just whatever comes off the top of your head that you think are not necessarily songs that you listen to all the time or you, you, you have on constant rotation mm -hmm. or maybe even listen to for a very long time. But what do you think is a musical masterpiece? What couple of songs, what comes to mind if you think like this song is just a work yeah. of art? It's just artwork. Do you think, I think I have kind of two sort of lanes where I desire this because I'm also kind of a lyrics person because I'm like a songwriter, I mean, like girl that writes about heartbreak. And I've yeah. also got my like, I love production and like, the I also side understand the poetry music. Side. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I have two, I do have two sides. There's a few that are in the middle. Um, but my favorite lyric song at the moment and probably now ever is kind of taken over is um, You're on Your Own Kid. The new, it's on the new Taylor Swift album. And I kind of think it's just about sort of, her discovering like how she's become an artist and I think I find it really relatable like so much of it is very relatable I think it's very well written it's very to the point and like every, no line is weak every it just it's that is the thought and you've made it like you've 
nailed it. So that's my lyrical favorite. Musically, um, musically productionally, I'm a big 1975 fan. I have to be honest. Um, so, or and I'm also a big Heim fan as well. Hmm, it's gonna be one or the other. You don't have to choose uh, one or the other. You can say one. So I, I could list, list off, you know, a whole bunch that I. Think I'm gonna put Heim in the middle. Okay. Now, Heim can go in the middle. Heim are in the middle because they're musically incredible, productionally incredible, and all their lyrics are amazing. 1975, their lyrics are amazing, but like I think that they're as musicians, they're in that lane for me. Uh, <laughs> all of them. I have no, no songs. No, no uh, stairway to heaven. No Bohemian Rhapsody. Nothing like that. Uh, you know okay. what? Those songs I've always are been. Yeah, I've always been sort of like the songs I've got obsessed with have been songs I found myself, not songs that somebody else has shown me. And I think that's quite a big thing in like how I discover music. Yeah. In a weird sort of like, how dare you tell me what I should like sort of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to do it. I mean, you've got to find your own music, of course. You can't pretend to like things that are actually trash. But yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. So yeah, so you're really listening to a lot of the modern stuff. You're keeping your finger on the pulse with what's coming out At right the moment. now. Eh? Yeah. I think I think at the moment I need to while I'm doing what the sound I'm doing I sh I should. What did you um What did you think of um Taylor Swift's collaboration with um Bon Iver or Bon Iver? Did you hear that track? That was yeah yeah I love it. I think it's lovely. I think my favorite era of Taylor is the country stuff, and I think I actually like him a country writer at heart. Like that's what I came yeah. up with. I was a country pop fan before I was an anything else fan. So nice. I think country Taylor is my my Taylor. I only bring it up because uh, Bon Iver was here in Perth uh, Sunday night and I was oh, unable no to way. get tickets to it. But uh, my buddies went and said it was just fucking amazing. So I'm pretty upset that I missed that show. But that no, is so no cool. Cameo, yeah, I love no Taylor Swift appearance. It was just Bon Iver, unfortunately. Okay. That's amazing. No, I would have loved to have gone to that as well. Yeah. So what's the plans? You got prep for this uh, Friday show? You sold out? Yes, I'm having a very difficult week where I'm just literally just avoiding getting ill because I don't trust myself. I'm always getting ill. I need to just not get ill. And I also have to just sort of do all of these jobs. Like tonight, I'm making friendship bracelets and um, I'm going to pack a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Is it a fair travel for you to get to the Amira? It's not, but I have to pack lots of like all of my gear. Everything. Right. Like you have to take everything for a headline because it's, it's, your, it's your show. Yeah, there's no backline, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to take so much stuff, like everything you've ever bought. Like the, my music room will be empty for the first time in like years. So what's this show going to look like? Is it just you on stage or have you got a band with you? Got the band. I got the whole band. Awesome. So how many members? Yeah. Got how many is on stage? Four of us. Uh, that's going to be kick-ass, Natalie. Hope you thank have a great you. time so. for it. Thank and, you, um, thank you. I'll let you go. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. This will probably come out like today or tomorrow or something like that. I'll edit it together. But yeah, it was Amazing. great chatting to you. Yeah, yeah you're nice super to meet cool. You. Thank you. Lovely to Thank meet you. You're very cool. Oh, Bye. Cheers. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. I thought you liked that. Dance around the coin. We wear the same hat, but I never took it too far. Wasting time, but I know. It's not
Just dancing too close to the edge.